I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Today we're talking about colds and flu. How many people concerned about that? You should be. It's a serious issue. And sometimes it's just an annoyance. In most cases, it's just an annoyance. But in many cases, it can be serious and even deadly. And the reason I find that the people that uh, do get really sick or hospitalized or even worse, when I look at their profile, they follow a certain profile. They have a horrible diet. They're eating a lot of sugar, breads, cookies, cakes, donuts, pastas. Maybe they're drinking alcohol, sodas. Um, they're not taking care of themselves. They're not getting the nutrients that the body needs. So even if you do get sick, chances are you're going to heal. It's okay. It even teaches your body how to deal with this. There's about 200 different flu viruses out there. And so if you do get sick, your body has a tendency to build up some immunity. But if you do get sick, I want to mitigate some of that damage. But I really want to teach you how to stay healthy during the cold and flu season. Now, it can be difficult to avoid getting sick. After all, the flu virus doesn't discriminate. You know, rich, poor, healthy, and unhealthy. Well, unhealthy, of course, it's a lot worse. Uh, so viruses easily spread through droplets in the air when someone who's already infected coughs, sneezes, even talks. So we're all potential targets for flu season when it comes to flu season. Uh, and the flu season is longer than you might think. It runs from the fall and winter even into the spring, peaking sometime between December and February. Now, I do everything I can to avoid contact with this. In fact, when I do my radio shows, we have a microphone, and that microphone has what's called a windscreen on it. It's this big uh, piece of, I don't know, plastic, I guess. And what I do is I remove that, and I put in my own windscreen when I do a show. And then at the end of the show, I put the dirty one back on again. Because if you ever watch, when people talk, they have a tendency to spit. And that spit is probably building up in this thing. So think about places that you can avoid contact with junk. In fact, I use that windscreen forever until I realized it one day. And I went, ew, that's really disgusting. I think I really need to get my own. It was cheap. It was like six, eight dollars, whatever it was. But it's just one more thing that I can do. And then also, I'm not spreading my cooties to somebody else. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta, CDC, the flu causes more than 20 million illnesses annually in the United States alone. Flu symptoms such as fever, cough, sore throat, runny nose, body aches, they can be mild, they can be severe. You can also get some protection from gargling with green tea. Now this is interesting. According to a study published in July 2018 in the journal Molecules, I'm sure it's another journal you have sitting in your bathroom right now, they found that regularly gargling with green tea lowers your flu risk. Now, green tea has something to call catechins, and it's a type of antioxidants which can help prevent infection. Now, in most cases, you need to do multiple things, not just one thing to beat the flu. You can't just say, well, Dr. Joe, I gargled with green tea and it didn't help. Well, Dr. Joe, I took vitamin D and I still got a little sick. You gotta do it all. And it's, it's not hard, it's easy, that's what's great. We talked about the hot baths, hot baths, Raise, uh, uh, it's a trick that I like, so it raises your temperature, which can kill off viruses. So again, it's something you wanna do. And it's a great way to end your day too, because if you take a hot bath or a hot shower, it's gonna help relax you, so you'll sleep better, which is good for the immune system. Your body is a sponge, so it can absorb fluid in through the water, which is really great. And that's why I do recommend a whole house water filter, because if you're gonna take hot showers and hot baths, 
uh, you don't want to absorb the chlorine and the chemicals that are found in the water. So I have a whole house water filter. It was a little expensive, not bad, but it's worth it to me because I want to drink pure water. I want to bathe in pure water. I wash my clothes in pure water. I want to make soups in pure water. I want to make teas in pure water. So it's certainly worth it over the long term. And this way you don't have to use plastic bottles, which release chemicals called phthalates, which are endocrine disruptors. They can mess with your hormone system. So once again, it's a small investment on the front end and they last an awful long time. So it's good for you in the long term too. So we talked about sleeping. You really want to sleep away a lot of your cold and flu symptoms. Getting sleep and taking the time to recuperate is really the best thing you can do for yourself, for your coworkers, and your family. Sleep as much as you can and avoid contact with others until you are fever-free. When you have a fever, what do they do with kids? If a kid throws up, 24 hours since they threw up before they can go back to school. If you have a fever, 24 hours since your fever broke before you can go back to school. We adults can follow these same rules. And you can do this without taking fever reduction medication. It takes about 24 to 48 hours of resting and the fever should break. Keep your body warm, drink a lot of fluids, do the things that stimulate the immune system. We said earlier, if you're just tuning in, uh, vitamin D, I cannot stress that enough. Oh my gosh, vitamin D is so important and you wanna make sure that you keep your vitamin D levels up. So that's why when you get your vitamin D level measured, when you get your blood work, look at it. If it's low, that's a warning sign. It's one of the quickest, easiest, cheapest things you can fix when it comes to healthcare. You wanna make sure you're taking vitamin D3, not vitamin D2. Vitamin D2 is the synthetic version of vitamin D3 and D2 has to be converted into vitamin D3. So make sure it's vitamin D3. On our website, drjoe.com, we have a real good vitamin D supplement. It's Dr. Joe's vitamin D with vitamin K2 added to it. Um, and that helps with bones, it helps with the immune system, it helps make sure you absorb the vitamin D. Uh, it, I, I don't know how to stress this enough. If I had to force something on you, it would be vitamin D. It's the quickest, quickest cheapest, easiest thing you can do as an, an insurance policy for good health. When you're resting, you can always put a pillow under your head so your nasal passages get to drain a little bit. So you can prop yourself up. I think that's kind of natural and normal. People do it all the time. Gargle often to soothe your sore throat. One of the big questions I get is, Dr. Joe, what can I do for a sore throat? If you have a sore throat, gargle with warm water or salt water. Make sure you're using uh, air-dried sea salt or Himalayan salt, not table salt. That's junk. And gargling often can help reduce the, reduce the swelling in your throat and loosen mucus. Because what happens is this. You get a mucus infection. The sinuses are clogged up. Your throat's clogged up. It's a real thick, warm place for viruses to grow. They love it. It's warm. It's thick. It's yucky. Viruses love that. Drinking a lot of fluids liquefies or loosens up a lot of the, the phlegm, and this way the viruses can't reproduce as well. And by drinking a lot of water, you can remove a lot of irritants from the throat, uh, such as bacteria and allergens, for, uh, and just flush it out. You got to, got to, got to, got to stay away from wheat and dairy products. So one of the worst things you can do when you're sick is have toast with butter. Because dairy's the number one food allergen, wheat's the number two food allergen. Your immune system is already going nuts. It's going wacky trying to fight off these invaders. And then you start adding wheat and dairy to it, and it puts another strain on the immune system. So I'm begging you, if no other time in the winter, stay away from the wheat and dairy products. Now, that's the hard thing, because what do we eat in the winter? Wheat and dairy products. I know before the show, we were talking to Scott, one of my cameramen, and he said, Dr. Joe, he says, I can give up my meat, I can give up everything, I just can't give up my dairy. And then he said, I remember you said something in one of the shows that dairy has something in it called casomorphines. And it's a morphine-like chemical that gets into your brain and gets you high. So that's why people say, I can't give up my cheese, Dr. Joe. I can give up everything else. I can't give up my cheese. Cheese is concentrated 
concentrating the casomorphines and you get high from it. So we have plant-based cheeses now. They're all over. Every store carries them. Um, I do recommend you stay away from the, they have gluten-free bread, so stay away from the gluten. Gluten-free bread isn't nearly as good as the real bread, so you're not going to eat as much. I say real bread because I'm Italian. Um, but it's, it's, it's well worth it. Is that piece of bread with butter worth another day of sickness? Is it going to cause it? I have no proof of that. Am I willing to take that chance? Absolutely not. Making sure you get zinc in your body. Zinc is wonderful. Zinc lozenges can help you feel better faster because what it does, it, it prevents, it, it binds to the virus basically and prevents the virus from replicating. So you can start taking as soon as you feel a little under the weather. I recommend one or two lozenges a day. Don't overdo it with the zinc. You can do too much zinc. And zinc may help boost the immune system, which can shorten the duration of the cold and flu. Uh, National Centers for Complementary and Integrative Health advise, advise checking with your doctor uh, with, if you're taking zinc because it may interact with antibiotics and certain medications that are given specifically for rheumatoid arthritis. So you can always check your medications if you're taking medication. And again, my goal is not get you off the medication. My goal is get you healthy enough so you don't need the medication. I'm not your medical doctor. I'm not prescribing to you. Medicine is amazing. Surgery is amazing. I support all my colleagues in the, in the allied healthcare fields. But our goal is try to get you well as fast as possible so you don't have to go in to those other levels. And if you do have to go into those other levels, I want to get you healthy going into it and healthy coming out of it. I had dinner last night with a surgeon friend of mine, and we started talking about the sacroiliac joint and proprioceptive fibers and pumping a, a cerebrospinal fluid. And he looked at me and goes, damn, you're smart. And I said, yeah, you should know this. You're a surgeon, right? But it's, it's a lot of information that doctors just don't get. That's why they listen to the show. That's why you listen to the show. It's information you're not going to get anywhere else. So we're talking about cold and flu. I digress. Uh, drink enough to make sure you don't dehydrate. If you have a fever, you're at the risk of dehydration. So it's really important to make sure you're drinking fluids. One way to rehydrate, uh, if, one way of uh, dehydration, I'm sorry, delays your recovery is by making it harder for the immune system soldiers, those white blood cells, to kill the bad guys traveling through your body. If you don't want to drink, if you're throwing up, get in the bathtub. Your body's a sponge. You can absorb fluids. Hot soup. Again, hot liquids. Hot soup. So important. Things like uh, teas. Try not to do caffeine tea because caffeine, caffeine is a stimulant, another issue you may have to deal with. It can relieve nasal congestion, help you stay hydrated, soothe the inflamed membranes in your nose and your throat. Uh, there's a tea that I drink all the time in the winter because I talk a lot, and it's slippery elm tea. And slippery elm tea tastes a little bit like licorice. I love it. And I drink it every day in the winter. It helps soothe my vocal cords and my, and my whole digestive system. Uh, Congestion. If you're congested, you could use something called a neti pot. If you've never used one, it's a little weird, but it works real well. If you're stuffed up, stuffed up, you're feeling miserable, use a neti pot. It looks like a little teapot with a long little spout on it. And it flushes the mucus through your nasal passages, and you could do that about twice a day. Uh, this is done. You place a little saline solution in the directions with the teapot. Uh, that's made with distilled or sterilized water, if you can do that, or clean water. And run it through the neti pot, and that can flush out your sinuses. Keep your nasal passages moist with steamy towels. Uh, taking a long steam shower can help moisturize your, na your nasal passages. My grandmother used to boil water and put a towel over our head, make us breathe it. Uh, it's, it's helping clear out the mucus, but it also raises your body temperature. If the flu is making you feel lightheaded or weak, simply turn on the hot water and sit in the bathroom if you have to and inhale the steam. Uh, still not feeling better? You may be time to move away from natural remedies that we talk about and seek medical help. It's important to keep your healthcare practitioner uh, informed if you have a problem, what you've done up to this point, and the flu can have serious consequences. It could be something like an ear infection, pneumonia, or worsening into chronic conditions. Even things like congestive heart failure, asthma, uh, diabetes. According to the CDC, 
you should be feeling better in five to seven days. But if you're not, you still have a fever uh, or it started to feel badly again, you got a relapse, it might be time to call your medical practitioner. Once again, I'm not against medicine. I just want to give you the things that you can do to get well naturally. And if you keep yourself healthy, you're less likely to get sick. So what again? Once again, I want to go into some other things with the CDC. Uh, vitamin D, absolutely. I take 5,000 international units a day. I take something called Dr. Joe's Wellness Booster. It's Echinacea Powdiarco Olive Leaf Extract and Sumarut. Studies have shown it can help activate and stimulate white blood cell production. Uh, you want to make sure Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source, minimum supplements. This is what I do. What you do is up to you, but this is what I do. And I would say if you knew what I knew, you would do what I do. So I take Super Greens and Essential Source every day. I also take omega-3 fatty acids for brain function, but it's also an anti-inflammatory. And that's on the website as well. So all these things are on the website. And if you, if you want to listen to the show again, I know I'm throwing a lot out at you. You can listen to the show on the website, drjoe.com. And we have over 1,000 hours of podcasts there. So type in a topic that you're looking for. And then what will happen is shows or articles that we've written will come up. It's kind of cool. If you have suggestions for shows, just send it through the website, drjoe.com. Maybe we'll put a show together just for you. Okay, so according to interim estimates, let's talk about what's happening. This is released by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. February 15th, 2019, uh, they pulled data from uh, 2018 and 2019. The overall adjusted effectiveness for the 2018-19 flu vaccine against all influenza viruses infected associated with uh, uh, acute respiratory infections that can lead to needing medical attention is 47%. So while the media has played this up as good news, the CDC calls the results encouraging. The fact of the matter is that the vaccine failed to offer any protection for more than half the time. And for adults over 50, the vaccine really loses its effectiveness. Among adults over 50, which is the most vulnerable group, the vaccine had a mere 24% effectiveness against all influenza types and an abysmal 8% against influenza called A- H1N1 PDMO9. And that's, a, that's the most, most common type. That's how they, they, they categorize these things. According to the CDC, that virus, which we just talked about, is responsible for 74% of all influenza infections uh, for which a subtype information was available. So that's, that's what they had so far. What, what's more, the CDC notes that among the 3,254 children and adults with acute respiratory illness, a total of 465, 14%, tested positive for influenza virus. So in other words, of all the people who came down with acute respiratory infections or illnesses, only 14% actually were confirmed to have the flu. So let me say that again. Only 14% of the people that they thought had the flu or had flu-like symptoms actually were diagnosed with the flu. So in a vast majority of cases, 86%, the respiratory illness was associated with a viral or bacterial infection caused by something other than the type A or type B influenza virus. So, so many people say, I think I have the flu, but it's not technically the flu. It's another type of virus infection. This is really important to remember as most people have a tendency to jump to the conclusion that they have the flu and they have an influenza-like illness. These symptoms uh, they have uh, when the influenza, they think it's the influenza ones, in fact, it, chances are a majority of them don't have the actual true diagnosis of the flu. The influenza vaccine contains only three to four types uh, of, of A or B strain. And even if the vaccine strain and the virus are a perfect match for the influenza virus, 
that, that's circulating in that one given flu season, the vaccine does not prevent the majority of other respiratory infections that are experienced by people. So let's assume that you have exactly the right in, uh, uh, flu shot, you have exactly the right uh, 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 flu strain that's out there, and they match up perfectly. Most people don't have that. They have some other type of infection. So as noted by the Cochrane Collaboration, over 200 viruses cause in, in, influenza-like illnesses, which produce the same symptoms, fever, headache, joint pain, runny nose, same one as the influenza without the laboratory tests. So doctors cannot distinguish between a, a, a flu-like infection and influenza because both last for days and rarely cause, ser cause serious illnesses or death. <coughs> Excuse me, getting excited here. 2017-2018 seasonal influenza vaccines adjusted for overall effectiveness in the United States, 36% against influenza A and influenza B virus infection. And between 2005 and 2015, the flu vaccines adjusted overall effect effectiveness was less than 50% most of the time, with a low in 2004 of only 10%. So you know the major majority? The major cause of influenza outbreaks and vulnerability? Well, in related news, research has shown that it, what it suggests is that widespread obesity might be a significant contributor to the influenza outbreaks and general vulner vulnerability. That's a lot of people that are overweight. As obesity makes you shed and transmit the viruses for longer periods of time, thereby increasing the opportunity for spreading the infection to others. This was an amazing research study that I found. According to this study, published in September 2018 in an issue of the Journal of Infectious Disease, obesity increases the risk of severe complications and death from influenza virus infection, especially in older individuals. Symptomatic obese adults were shown to shed the influenza virus 42% longer than non-obese people. So just being obese, if you have the flu virus, can cause you to be a, a carrier for longer. No association was observed uh, with influenza B virus shedding duration, only influenza A. Even during, the, even during those with only, a, uh, even among those with only a few symptoms and even people that are asymptomatic, obesity increased the influenza A shedding by 104%. That's crazy. Overweight, and I used to be overweight, so I can say, I can say this on the air. Overweight people spread the virus more and longer. This is the first real evidence that obesity might impact more than just disease severity. It might directly impact the transmission. Additional research was underway to analyze whether the influenza virus shed over longer periods of time is still equally infectious. So they're spreading it, but was it really spreading the infection? The answer here, of course, would be to normalize your immune system and your weight and so that you don't have to worry about that. So there's still argument as to they were spreading it. Was it still active? I don't want to take that chance. Now, you can find a lot of information uh, on immune system on our website, drjoe.com. You can listen to this show again. It's on the website, drjoe.com. Obesity isn't the only thing that might contribute to influenza outbreaks. A study published in the journal PNAS, January 18th, 2018, found infections from influenza viruses in the exhaled breath of people who had gotten the seasonal flu shots and contracted the influenza. So those vaccinated two seasons in a row were even greater, or had a greater a chance of spreading a viral load and, sp and shedding the influenza A virus. Now, according to the authors, self-reported vaccines, so they said they got the vaccine, they didn't have proof of it, for the current season was associated with a trend toward higher, vi higher viral shedding in fine aerosol samples. 
vaccination with both the current and previous year's seasonal vaccines. So basically, if you were vaccinated, you spread even more. However, those that was however, this was significantly associated with greater fine aerosol spreading in unadjusted and adjusted models. So again, they're saying that if you've had it, you might be able to spread it even more. Flu vaccine doesn't work well in statin users. Statin drugs may interfere with your immune system's ability to respond to the influenza vaccine. Wait a minute. No one ever told you this. After the vaccine antibody concentrations, uh, if, if, you had, if you're taking statins, concentrations were 38 to 67% lower with statin users over the age of 65 compared with non-statin users of the same age. Antibody concentrations were also reduced in younger people who took statin drugs. So the vaccine does not lower morta uh, mortality in elderly either. If you're taking statin drugs, it weakens the, the effectiveness. Uh, research in 2006 analyzed influenza-related mortality among elderly population. Uh, this was done in Italy. And the associations were increased vaccine coverage between 1970 and 2001. And the researchers found that after the 1980s, there was no corresponding decline in the excess of deaths despite rising vaccine intake. So that's pretty serious stuff. That becomes a big issue. So is it preventing people from dying? According to this one study, especially the elderly, it really isn't. So while health officials claim that the flu shot will lessen the symptoms, uh, another point, uh, will lessen the symptoms if you contract the flu. In a 2017 study by French researchers assessing the uh, veracity of the claim found, and they found it to be false. So if you take the flu shot, you do get the flu. Vaccinated, unvaccinated elderly people, all that was found, to, uh, they had the same problems, headaches to go along with, uh, they had the same symptoms basically. Compared with non-vaccinated influenza patients, those who had been vaccinated had a slightly reduced maximum temperature and presented less frequently with myalgia, shivering, and headaches. Um, and so in the overall analysis, the observation effect was limited to patients when infected with the AH3 or type B viruses. Again, it gets a little complicated here. But after adjusting for group, uh, the age, uh, the viruses subtype in the season, the difference remains uh, statistically insignificant. Uh, only for headaches was the only thing that seemed to be a little less. So as we wrap it up, I really got to talk about vitamin D one more time. Vitamin D substantially outperforms the flu vaccine and the flu vaccination. Uh, is it really the most effective way to deal with it despite being less than 50% effective? Studies have repeatedly demonstrated the excellent track re record of vitamin D for preventing respiratory infections. For example, 2017 Scientific Review, 25,000 randomized control studies found that vitamin D supplementation cut rates of acute respiratory infections among all participants. Overall, the number needed to treat, an NT it's called, was 33, meaning that every 33 people taking vitamin D supplements, one person was spared the acute infection. Now remember, the NNT for the flu vaccine, uh, preventing a single case of the flu is 71. Among those with severe vitamin D deficiency, the NNT was four. So for, every for all the people that had severe uh, vitamin D deficiencies, for every four of them that got it normalized, one of them got sick. Oh, the other way around, I'm sorry. So it worked great. So the more people that had their vitamin D levels normal, the less likely they were to get sick. Now, with severe vitamin D deficiency is 10 nanograms per milliliter, normal is 70, 50 to 70. So that's a serious deficiency state, and it cut their risk of infection by half. People with higher vitamin D levels uh, reduce their risk by about 10%. So according to the international research team, vitamin D supplementation can prevent more than 3.25 million cases 
uh, flu in the UK alone. So to wrap it up, I'm not against you taking the flu shot. It's your choice, whatever you want to do. What I want to give you is the tools that you need to help get yourself healthy. And so whether you take the flu shot or not, it's up to you. I would recommend that you get it without mercury. Okay, you could ask if they have a flu shot that doesn't have mercury in it. Um, that's something, a, a little pro prophylactic measure you can take. If you do get the flu shot, I recommend that you keep the immune system strong and healthy. Uh, again, vitamin D, uh, Dr. Joe's Wellness Boosters, uh, seasonal tonic if you do get sick, super greens, essential source, chiropractic care, fluids, warm baths. Whatever you do is up to you. I'm not telling you to take the flu shot. I'm not telling you not to take the flu shot. I'm just giving you all the options so that you can make an informed decision. So, folks, uh, I'm almost out of time. If you want to listen to this and over 1,000 hours of other shows, go to our website, drjoe.com. Uh, if you want to stay healthy, get healthy and stay healthy, we would love to have you as a patient. If you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, I would love the opportunity for my team of doctors to meet with you and help get you well. Stop suffering. If you've ever been in a car accident, if the car was damaged, you were damaged. And chiropractic care is the most effective, least expensive treatment when it comes to back pain. Neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, headaches. Chiropractic is amazing. If we can't help you, we have other doctors that we can work with as a team to get you well. Now, I know the show goes all over the world, so if you can't come see us, we can always do a phone consultation. So for more information on the supplements, if you want to know more about us, go to the website, drjoe.com, D-R-J-O-E.com. Folks, I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. We want to help get you well and keep you well. Tell your friends about the show. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on WSBRadio.com and on a WSB Radio app.